Merry Christmas, real life. Y'all ready for God's word tonight? Say yeah. Awesome. If you've got your Bible, turn to the Gospel of Luke. Gospel of Luke, let's bow our hearts and our heads real quick. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it is powerful enough to penetrate the supernatural and the physical. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, our hearts would be attentive, our minds would be sharp. And God, I thank you that you're going to change our lives tonight through the power and the anointing of your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Tonight, I'm going to speak quickly, but tonight is the start of our Christmas series, The Spirit of Christmas. And I've come to tell y'all that Christmas is the season of the supernatural. Come on, y'all. Christmas is the season of the supernatural. Christmas is a time of wonder. It's romantic. Y'all know it's the lights are beautiful. You go to the shops, the stores, Starbucks, everything's decorated. Y'all got a date later this week, and it is just like, oh, boy, it's so pretty. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? I love Christmas. I love it. I love all the Christmas songs because it's an excuse for me to sing. And the only Christmas song I can't stand is when Mariah Carey sings. Come on, y'all. This is what happened. No, 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 no. I worked at, at uh, Sports Authority when I was in high school, and that song played literally 50 times in one shift. It, was, it drove me crazy, and it still plays oh, way overplayed. She's awesome. But y'all are anticipating Christmas gifts. Y'all made your list already? You're anticipating Christmas gifts? Even the world around us that does not believe in God celebrates the mystery that is around the Christmas season. There, it's, there's a supernatural aura around the Christmas season. Like, y'all get the concept of Santa Claus. Like, for real, y'all, this, this guy is creepy. He knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. And, and he sneaks into our house in the middle of the night and eats all our cookies. Like, that is messed up. It's strange. It's weird. All right, shh, I know. I'm being playful. The story of, how about this, the, the story of Ebenezer Scrooge and Tiny Tim God bless us, everyone. Right? You know, y'all, the Christmas story, y'all know this, right? Y'all need to get cultured. How about um, the Grinch? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You're as filthy as a skunk, whatever. I don't know. I'm terrible with the words. My kids love the elf on the shelf. Do y'all have an elf on the shelf? My daughter is terrible because... Y'all know if you touch the elf on the shelf, it loses its Christmas power, right? And, and my Sophia, she will use every opportunity she can. Today, I got home, and she said, Daddy, I touched the elf twice. And so now the elf is going to go for two days. I'm so excited about that because I can't stand hiding that thing. But I can't bring myself to tell her it's not real, right? It's a supernatural season. But tonight... I believe that tonight God wants to revive the wonder in our lives for the true spirit of Christmas. 
God wants to revive the wonder in our lives for the true spirit of Christmas. He wants you and I to have open hearts and open minds about the spirit of Christmas. See, I'm about to read what Christmas is all about, and that's the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And the birth of Jesus Christ is proof to this world that God is still capable of making something out of nothing. The birth of Jesus Christ is living proof that God makes something out of nothing. As we move into this Christmas season, many in this room may, may not like Christmas, if we're honest. Y'all are some Grinches. Get, get your head out, out in the game. Come on, y'all. It's Christmas time. Get happy. But some of us don't like Christmas because so many people around us are having fun and, and loving their life, and, and your life just stinks, if you're honest. And the Christmas season just is an in-your-face reminder of all the things in your life that you don't have put together. All the things that you wish you had and you don't have. Sometimes Christmas and the holiday season is a reminder of things that took place in your past that you don't ever want to remember. But every Christmas you have to re relive it because the memory is just right there in the back of your mind. Many in the room may feel like your life is nothing right now. Nothing great. Nothing is going the way you want it to go, and everything seems like a struggle. But in the beginning, this is the good news. In the beginning, Scripture says that God created the heavens and the earth out of nothing. He spoke it into existence, and tonight I believe that God can speak to your lack. God can speak to your need. God can speak to your struggle and make something out of nothing. I believe this Christmas, starting tonight, God wants that same creative power to take place in each and every one of our lives. Before I read about Mary and the supernatural work that God did in her life, I think it is so important for us all to realize that God wants to do the same thing in your life. He wants to make something out of nothing. Tell your neighbor God's about to make something out of nothing. Here's what I want you to recognize. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says this, Peter began to speak, and he said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. So if God can do it in Mary, God can do it in you. Romans chapter 2, verse 11, says it very plainly again. It says, for there is no partiality with God. So if God can supernaturally produce something out of nothing in my life, he can do the same for yours. There's no favoritism. God is not a respecter of persons. So if God can do the supernatural in the life of Mary to produce something special, namely Jesus Christ, out of nothing, he can do the same in your life tonight. Praise God for that. Amen. Let's read this story in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth. Man, that's crazy. I wish that would just be the, the craziest day of my life if the archangel Gabriel came in the room and started talking to me. He came to Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. This, this is a situation that, that we've all experienced because in that moment, Mary got really nervous. 
I would too if, if Gabriel walked in the room. I don't know if he had big old wings or if it was like he was like a flaming light. I don't know what kind of angel, but she knew it was an angel talking to her, and she got real nervous real quick. I would be nervous, and, and it's kind of like when, when someone important walks into the room and, and calls you out, right? Maybe you're minding your own business at the house, and your mom comes in and calls you by not just your first name, but your middle name as well. Jonathan Scott, what are you doing? And right away, you come right quick. What is, what's about to happen? I don't know what I did, but mama, I'm sorry, right? Can I get an amen? Y'all have experienced that. In that moment, I think that Mary had all of her insecurities come to the surface. Mary may, may have said something to herself like this, I have failed and God knows how many times I've failed. And so this angel is about to give me the consequences I deserve. Maybe that was going through her head. Maybe it was, uh, maybe she thought, who, I, who am I, God, that you would want to communicate with me? I'm nobody. Maybe she was thinking, I, I did not even realize that God cares about me, and now this angel is calling me by name. In that moment, her insecurities came to the surface, and God wants me to communicate to someone in this room tonight that the spirit of Christmas makes people who seem insignificant valuable to the plan of God in this world. The spirit of Christmas, if you're in this room and you feel like God has never noticed you, God doesn't care about you, he's forgotten about you, that is a lie from the pit of hell because the spirit of Christmas takes what seems insignificant and places them in positions where they can significantly change the world. And if God can do it through Mary, he can do it through you. That's where you should be shouting amen. amen. Praise God that he uses the unlovable. He uses the unforgivable. He uses the, that which is unclean, and he takes us and he cleans us. He takes that which is unqualified, and he qualifies us through the blood of Jesus to do great and mighty things. That's the gospel. That's the spirit of Christmas. If you have some of those same insecurities that I just mentioned, you need to realize that every single one of us in this room tonight are important to the plan of God in this world. No one is exempt all of us are important. Mary seemed insignificant to the world. No one knew her. She was not famous. She hadn't had any accomplishments. And, and um, she wasn't rich by any means. She had nothing major to offer God. That, that's some of us in this room. We feel like we don't have anything to offer God. And all of a sudden, she is being called to be a major role player in the history of humanity, to be the mother of the Son of God. See, we doubt God can do significant things in us and through us all the time. All of us do. But this Christmas, God wants you and me to know that he can and wants to use your life to change the world. That is the spirit of Christmas. See, the story goes on, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. She said, how in the world is this going to happen? I am a virgin. That, that's crazy. She's like, what? What? Are you, what? Sorry. 
The Holy Spirit, the angel replied, will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, and he starts giving proof, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is already in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Somebody needs to shout, nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled in me. And the angel left her. See, you see, young person, the true spirit of Christmas says this. It says, who God says you are is much more important than who you think you are. Who God says you are. God, the angel of the Lord said, Mary, no, you're not some insignificant nobody. You're not some loser who's full of guilt, shame, and regret. You're not some piece of trash that I've discarded. You are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. And the Holy Spirit of the Most High God can overshadow you. All the failure, all the fault, all the inconsistencies, all the insecurities in your life, all the doubt, the Holy Spirit can overshadow you. Mary, she had this realistic problem that, that had to be solved. How can I be a mother when I'm a virgin? This defies the laws of nature. It was, it was common sense. A plus B equals C, and A hasn't been with B, so we can't get C, praise the Lord. But the Christmas season is a season of the supernatural. We've got to recognize this. It's a season of the supernatural, and too often we look at what we are called to do in this life, and we come up with every excuse why we can't do the very thing we're created to do by God. We do it all the time, every day. You wake up in the morning, and you know God has a purpose and a plan for your life, and you come up with every excuse as to why you can't be used to change your school. Why I, I'm so shy. I don't have enough friends. I don't have enough influence. There's all this list of reasons. God knows what I did last night. God knows what I did last week. I'm ashamed. We come up with every excuse why God can't use us. And God is a God of forgiveness. God is a God of grace. God is a God who is the has the power of the Holy Spirit that can overshadow you. And what greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world? My enemy may be against me, but if my God is for me, no one can really be against me. There is no excuse. Some of us simply, this is another problem because we make excuses, but, but another issue is some of us simply put our goals and aspirations in life way too low. We put our aspirations way too low. We settle for less in life because it's comfortable and easy. Some of y'all settle in your relationships for guys who don't deserve your time, young lady. Mary... Mary was in a stage in her life where things were getting comfortable. She was engaged. She, she was showing off her ring, ladies. She had all the posts, like, like, now we're in our pajamas by the Christmas tree. Like, yeah, that's cute. That's, that is shade for, for real. Some of us, but, but this is what Mary, her, shh, Mary found a man, right? Joseph, her soon-to-be husband, was going to work hard for her. He was going to provide for her. She had a secure future. It looked good. She was going to be the happy little wife with the happy little life. She was going to make her house clean, and she was going to do everything she needed to do. 
And then God shows up with this impossible request. Some of us need to be challenged this Christmas that God created you for more than what you're currently living for. Let me say that again. God created you to do more than what you're currently living for, young person. You're better than living for an athletic scholarship. You're more than just an athlete. You're better than striving for comfort rather than striving to be a difference maker. Many of us in the room are made to do more than just follow our parents' example. See, the Christmas story shows us that if, if what we have planned for our lives can be done in our own ability and in our own power, it is too small to be God's plan for our life. If what God is calling us to can be done, if what we're striving to do in our own personal life, if it can be done in our own strength, in our own ability, in our own talent, then it's too small for God because God is in the business of making something out of nothing, qualifying someone who is unqualified. That's what God does. Someone in this room needs to be inspired tonight that Christmas is a time for you to start dreaming big. Christmas is a time for you to get out of your comfort zone with God. Christmas is a time for you to expect God for the impossible in your life. See, God wanted, me, God wanted to use Mary over 2,000 years ago to change the world, and God wants to use you today. I'm going to invite the band to come as I close tonight. Y'all love Christmas? I love Christmas. The angel of the Lord told Mary, you are highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Don't be afraid. Somebody tell your neighbor, stop being afraid. Mary, shh. Mary did, did what many of us do today. She looked at what God was calling her to and immediately saw the impossibility. She immediately saw the problem. She started making excuses, and she doubted. I've come tonight to tell you that if we try to do life in our own without God, we will fail. We have to have God with us. See, I did not think my parents would support me when at age 20 I've, I fell in love with my smoking hot wife. And I didn't, I didn't think... I didn't think my parents would support me, but at age 20, it was unorthodox. But they saw the call of God in our lives, and they realized that with the faith that we had, we could move the mountains that were in front of us. And so they supported us, they blessed us, and we got married. And, and what happened when we got married, a few years later, we began to start building a family, and we thought, this is going to be awesome. We're going to have kids. You're beautiful, Jubilee, and I'm okay, so hopefully they'll look like you. And what took place is our first child passed away in the second trimester, and it was, it was awful. It broke our hearts, and immediately in my wife's mind, she thought, my God, what if I can never have children because of the drug abuse in my past? And in that moment, she thought to herself, man, the high calling that I've got in my heart may be impossible. And we began to pray, and we began to weep and call out to God, you place this, this purpose in our hearts, something big, something significant. It's a huge dream to have children. God, we, we are asking that something happen, the supernatural. And I'm here to tell you that 
because we didn't let our difficulty be an excuse, 13 years of marriage later, we've got three beautiful children. When I was your age, I had a dream in my heart to be a youth pastor. I dreamt that one day I would lead a significant move of God in a generation that was passionate and in love with Jesus. And I, I was just your age, and I was thinking I felt the call of God on my heart and in my life. And I, But the thing about that was is when I was your age, I thought there's absolutely no way I can do this. I was scared and insecure. I couldn't speak publicly. I was terrible at it. Man, but now I see God change lives each and every week in a revival we call Real Life Student Ministries. Praise God for that. If we stop looking at our obstacles and allow God to do the supernatural in our hearts and in our lives, we can see the dreams that he's placed and the calling that he's placed on our life come to fulfillment. It's only through Jesus. If you spend enough time with me, you'll know. There's nothing special about me. I will tell goofy, cheesy youth pastor jokes if you spend enough time with me. But I've begun to overlook my insecurity. I've overlooked my inabilities and I've said Holy Spirit will you do like you did with Mary back in the day and Holy Spirit overshadow every fault and failure every inconsistency in my life and allow me to use my mouth to be a mouthpiece for your generation and I told you at the very beginning God's not a respecter of persons he wants to use you our inability can always be overshadowed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Your inability can always be overpowered by the Holy Spirit. That's the true spirit of Christmas. Everybody stand to your feet. See, the best gift this Christmas isn't materialistic. It's not a, a video game. It's not nice clothes. It's not the best deal you got on Black Friday. The best gift of Christmas is the favor of God on our lives and the fact that he is present with us. The angel called to Mary and said, you are highly favored and the Lord is with you. Because of the birth of Jesus Christ that we celebrate every Christmas, no matter what you're facing in life right now, the good news is that God is with you. You may not see him in your difficulty, but he's there. You may not see him in your struggle, but he's there. You may not feel him when everything feels like it's falling apart, but God is with you. Praise God for that. See, the good news is that God is with us, for unto us a Savior is born. His name is to be Emmanuel, which means God with us. Someone needs to hear this truth tonight, that God will not call you to be someone great without giving you the power to do so. Jesus being born of a virgin was impossible. It had never happened before and it will never happen again. But Jesus' birth was the literal embodiment of grace. Jesus was grace incarnate. And what we need to realize tonight is grace is God's ability to do what you cannot do for yourself. And that's the gift of Christmas.
See, the true story of Christmas helps us see that God is in the business of making something out of nothing. He's in the business of pouring out grace, giving us his ability to accomplish what we can't do on our own. You cannot do anything about your past mistakes, but the spirit of Christmas teaches us that the grace of God can. And so right now in this moment, I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one talking, no one being a distraction. The grace of God wants to impact someone's heart and life right now in a significant way. You came expecting to have a great time tonight, but God wants you to have your slate clean. God wants all the failure, all the faults, all the shame, all the guilt, all the condemnation, all the mind games that the enemy has been toying with you all week long about. You came off of fall retreat and you had an incredible encounter with the Holy Spirit and ever since the enemy of your soul has had a target on your back. Tonight the enemy wants to destroy you but God's grace wants to set you free. Grace is a gift from God to do what you can never do on your own. When the angel of the Lord presented this grace to Mary, he said, don't be afraid, for God's with you. You're favored. God died on the cross of Calvary for you. And it says that he who the Son has set free is free indeed. It's for freedom that Christ died for you. Not to be in bondage to your sin, not to be in bondage to your patterns of turning your back on God when things get difficult tonight. If you're in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking. And you'd say, Pastor Jonathan, this Christmas, before December even starts, I am in need of the grace of God in my life. My life has took a turn where I've strayed away from him. My relationship with Jesus is not existent and I need to be forgiven. I need the grace. I need his ability to do something that I can never do and that's to be forgiven of all unrighteousness. If that's you and you want this grace that I'm talking about, it's a free gift. All you got to do is believe for it. So if that's you right now, I want you to lift your hand up. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Thank you, God. If you're in this room and you need the grace of Jesus, you need to be set free from the condemnation. You're tired of living in guilt and shame. Don't let this moment pass you by. Raise your hand and hold it high with confidence. Jesus, I need your love. I need your grace. I need the forgiveness. Thank you, God. All right, everyone right now, say it loudly and say it proudly. Dear Jesus, we love you tonight. I thank you that you can take my sin and you can separate it from my life as far as the east is from the west. Tonight I can't do anything to earn your love, but you freely give me your love. While I was still in sin, you died for me. And so tonight, I receive the free gift of grace, forgiveness, salvation, restored relationship, restored identity, confidence, boldness, a high calling. I am your son or daughter, and I'm going to do significant things. You're going to use me, even though I've felt insignificant. Tonight I realize you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.